Luke 19, 28 through 44. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? Tell him, The Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, Why are you untying the colt? They replied, The Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks upon the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemy will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. Thus ends our reading of God's inerrant word. May all who hear it recognize the time of God's coming. Well, it is Palm Sunday, the, the start of Holy Week, a day when we normally gather together, grab our palm branches, shout Hosanna, sing some songs together, and listen to a message all in celebration of King Jesus. Maybe in the past this day meant something special to you. Perhaps it was just another Sunday. But this year, this year is different. For we are not together physically. We don't have our palm branches. We are not shouting Hosanna or singing songs with one another. And while you are listening to my message on Facebook, it's not the same as it used to be. Today should be a day of joy, a day of celebration together, a day when we praise our Lord. But, but for many of us, it is turned into a day of lament and sorrow. And, and if that is how you are feeling, I want you to know that Jesus, your King, grieves with you. For it was on this day, almost 2,000 years ago, that, that Christ was welcomed into the city as a king, and yet his response was to weep. Let's, let's look at our passage for today and see why this was. Now these verses, they, they can be broken down into four sections or, or four movements, if you will. And each movement demonstrates to us a different aspect of Jesus' kingly authority. 
In verses 28 through 34, we see Jesus reveal his authority by both knowing the future and causing events to happen just as he described. Then in verses 35 through 38, we see Jesus being praised for that kingly authority. In verses 39 through 40, we find that his authority was being rejected by the Pharisees, those who did not believe. And finally, in verses 41 through 44, we see Jesus exercising that kingly authority as he mourns over the fate of those who would reject him. That being said, let's, let's jump into our first movement and see how Jesus reveals his kingly authority. Look at verses 28 through 34. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Tell him, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its, its owners asked, asked them, Why are you untying the colt? They replied, The Lord needs it. Such a simple matter of procuring a donkey, and yet Jesus makes it a complicated affair. The question is, why? Why does he do it this way? I mean, I mean, he's God, is he not? Couldn't he have prepared a donkey nearby at, at the place that they were already at? Why send his disciples ahead to the next village in order to get this donkey? And why not have them find the owner first and ask him instead of just taking it? This all seems very strange, does it not? I would argue that, that, that Jesus does this for his disciples' benefit so that they may believe in who he is. But you may be asking yourself, haven't, haven't they already seen enough? I mean, with all the healings, uh, the, the casting out of demons, uh, the walking on water, the multiplying of the bread. Has it, hasn't Jesus given them ample evidence concerning who he truly is? Absolutely. And in fact, more than enough. But in his mercy, he keeps pouring it on so that they they might truly know who he is. This donkey situation is just one more way that he can demonstrate to them his kingly authority. It is one more aspect of his divine nature. Not only does he know the future, but he can even predict how people will respond to certain actions. How can Jesus do this? Because he knows the thoughts of the hearts of men. Yes, Christ continues to reveal to his disciples exactly who he is. That he is God in human flesh. That he is a king worthy of their praise. And now today, he has revealed this to you as well. Dear friends, do you understand who Jesus is? Have, have you grasped his, his godly nature? Do you know of his divine authority? He is your king. He is the Lord of lords. He, and he is worthy of all of your praise. 
And, and you can only truly know him if you see him as such. Today, as we progress through our story, what we'll, what we'll soon find out is that, that there were some that saw Jesus in this light. And yet, there were others who took a different view. Let's go to our second movement and look at those who decided to praise our Lord for his kingly authority. Look at verses 35 through 38. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. What a scene. Picture the, picture the people crowding the streets. The closer and closer Jesus got to Jerusalem, the more that would gather and the louder that it would get until it came to a crescendo of joyous noise and shouts of praise. What must have been going through the minds of the masses as they, as they saw their Messiah and shouted, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. What were they expecting as they saw him riding in on that donkey? Images of Zechariah 9 probably flooded their thoughts. Let's look at that first scripture reading that we had today. Let's look at it once again. Look at, look at verses 9 through 17. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. I will take away the chariots from Ephraim and the war horses from Jerusalem, and the battle bow will be broken. He will proclaim peace to the nations. His rule will extend from sea to sea, from the river to the ends of the earth. As for you, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will free your prisoners from the waterless pit. Return to your fortress, O prisoners of hope. Even now I announce that I will restore twice as much to you. I will bend Judah as I bend my bow. I will fill it with Ephraim. I will rouse your sons, O Zion, against your sons, O Greece, and make you like a warrior's sword. Then the Lord will appear over them. His arrow will flash like lightning. The sovereign Lord will sound the trumpet. He will march in the storms of the south. And the Lord Almighty will shield them. They will destroy and overcome with sling stones. They will drink and roar as with wine. They will be full like a bowl used for sprinkling the corners of the altar. The Lord, their God, will save them on that day as the flock of his people. They will, they will sparkle in his land like jewels on a crown. How attractive and beautiful they will be. Grain will make the young men thrive and new wine the young women. What an amazing picture. A, a king who comes to his people proclaiming peace. A king who will rule to the ends of the earth. One, one who will free prisoners and restore hope. Could one man really do this? 
Could he restore the kingdom back to the people of Israel? This is what many of them believed. Look at Luke chapter 19, verse 11. This is just prior to Christ's entrance into the city. While they were listening to this, he went on to tell them a parable because he was near Jerusalem and the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. This, this was what was going on in the minds of many of them. That Jesus would just waltz into Jerusalem, take his place on the throne, and then the kingdom would arrive. That the Romans would be ousted and the Jews would finally be in charge. That, that God's blessings would be upon all of them. And they, as God's people, would finally know peace. But did they truly understand Christ's mission? Did they know that his kingdom is not of this world? And that the enemies Jesus would, would defeat would not be the Romans or any other Gentile nation. That instead he, he would battle sin, death, and the devil. Yes, they, they praised this man. But would they continue to do so once they had discovered his true purpose? Some of them yes, some of them no. But for the time being, whether they praised him rightly or not, this king of kings was being honored. They were laying down their cloaks. They were laying down their palm branches. They, they, they were shouting, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. And whether they knew it or not, this was right for them to do. How about you? Will you cry out? Will you lay down your cloak to this one who comes to you righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey? He deserves your praise as well. He is worthy of your adoration, for he is your king. But not all who were there gave shouts of praise. Not all saw him as their king. Let's look at our third movement as we see Jesus' kingly authority being rejected. Look at verses 39 and 40. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Teacher, rebuke your disciples. Teacher, not Lord, not king, only teacher? This is how it is with those who do not believe. There is no praise on their lips. There, there, there is no spreading of their cloaks before him. There is no shouts of Hosanna, only a modicum of respect by calling him teacher. This is how it's been in every generation with those who lack faith. Sure, they will respect the man. They will call him a wise teacher or even a prophet, but they will refuse to bend the knee or call him king. And it infuriates them when they see others praising this man. This is why these Pharisees wanted Jesus to rebuke his disciples, for they detest those who worship him in this way. This is what Jesus meant when he said this in Luke 11, verse 23. He who is not with me is against me. 
and he who does not gather with me scatters. Let me ask you, what is your view of Jesus? Is he your king or is he just a good teacher? Are you with him or are you against him? Do you worship him for the God that he is or do you oppose his worship even among those who do believe? Listen, Jesus doesn't leave, leave room to straddle the fence. You are either a friend or a foe. There is no middle ground. For one way or another, Christ will be worshipped. This is why he said, I tell you, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Brothers, sisters, the glory of Jesus cannot be suppressed. Even if every human being rejects him, the rest of nature will sing his praises. Look at Psalm 19, verses 1 through 4. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. And yes, even the most basic of rocks proclaims the glory of Jesus. Whether you know it or not, Christ is worthy of your praise. The question is, will you lay down your cloak? Will you sing Hosanna? Or will you remain obstinate and opposed to Jesus? You are either one or the other. There is no middle ground. But as we move into our fourth and final movement, what we will, what we will find is that Christ holds a great love for even his enemies. Look at verses 41 through 44, and let's see how Jesus exercises his kingly authority. As he approached Jerusalem and saw that city, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and, and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. Now one would think that after such a wonderful welcome, that, that Jesus would be uplifted and in good spirits. But instead, he weeps. Why does he do this? It is because he knows that this worship of him will not last. There, the, there were very few who truly recognized him for who he is. Many were only praising him because they thought he was going to defeat the Romans. And yet, in less than a week's time, they would turn their backs on him because they did not know what would truly bring them peace. Instead of shouting, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord, their cries would turn into, Crucify! 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 They would be the ones who would nail him to the cross. This, this is why Jesus weeps. 
For instead of finding peace, they would find the judgment of God. Christ would show to this generation his kingly authority through the destruction of Jerusalem. They would be dashed to pieces because they didn't recognize the time of God's coming to them. Even so, Jesus loves these people. This is why he weeps. He doesn't desire their destruction. No, Jesus want, what Jesus wants for them is for them to be saved. And yet in their rejection of him, destruction will be all that they find. Dear friends, one way or, or another, God's justice will be complete. Either the sinner will pay for his own sins or Jesus will pay it for him. You see, this same tragic fate lies in wait for all who reject this Messiah. Even though Christ loves you, if you do not bend the knee and put your trust in him, you will not know what will bring you peace. For true reconciliation can only come through the cross of Christ. It is not the Romans that you need saving from. It is not any worldly system, as oppressive as it might be, from which you need rescue. No. For what, you, for what is really chaining you down is your sin. It is your transgressions that keeps you at odds with God. And without that being dealt with, you will never know peace, but only judgment. This is why Jesus died for you, so that the wrath of God, the judgment that you deserve, could be taken care of. It is by his grace that you can find the mercy that you need. It is through his blood that you can be forgiven. This is what your king has done for you. It is his way of peace. So I plead with you, lay down your cloaks before him and shout praises of Hosanna. Sing, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. For once you do that, once you praise your Messiah, then you will truly find peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Let us pray. Father, we come to you on this Palm Sunday with shouts of praise. We, we cry Hosanna to, you, to your Son, our King. For only He is, is worthy Worthy, help us to, to recognize this. Help us to see his way of peace. May your Holy Spirit open up our eyes to the truth. May we believe in this one who, who has rescued us from our sins. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.